0: Um, I was joking with the, uh, the worship team earlier that we should do, like, a cold plunge thing. We should, like, between the, the worship and the, the preaching, do a, a lap around the building outside, and then we'll wake us all up, and it'll be awesome, but we're not. Would you? It's too cold. <laughs> yeah, it is a little cold. Minus nine. Anybody enjoy the cold, by the way? I like the sun. Yeah, it feels like we're on the prairies, doesn't it? You know, they always say in the prairies, they're like, you guys don't get it. It's a different cold. This is that different cold. This is like dry, cold that we have right now, right? Now, I'm enjoying it. I love it. Um, Again, for those of you who don't know, my name is Matt, Matt, Matthew Jonathan Jansen. I am the lead pastor here, along with my beautiful wife, Tanya Jansen, Tanya Sheree, and we're lead pastors here at the church, really grateful to serve alongside of Pastors Mike and Ev, who are our associates. And grateful to be with you this morning. Those that are joining us online, thank you so much for being with us. Those who are here in the building, why does it feel like there's like 300 people in this morning? Like it just, I just feel this momentum. It is The angels, come on. God is moving in this place, you guys. I'm excited. Um, okay, well, this morning I'm also excited because we are starting a brand new sermon series. And it is called A Walk with Jesus. Now to let you in for if you're new to Life Church, the purpose of Life Church is to care for and bring people to Jesus. But if we're going to do that, how many know that we have to know him? We have to know him. And a verse that I want to kind of kick this ser- series off with is in Philippians, Philippians chapter 3 verse 7. This is almost a prayer of Paul's and he says this, but what things were gained for me, these I have counted loss For Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish, that I might gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Then he says this that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your grace in this place, Lord God. We thank you for your anointing, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the work that you've begun. We thank you for the work that you are doing. We thank you, Lord God, that it is greater than us. And it's not reliant on us, Lord God. So we have great expectation because we serve a great God. And we put our hope in you today, Lord God. We pray that you would speak through me today, Lord God. Lord God, take over these lips of clay, Lord Jesus, and God, use them for your glory. And I pray today, Lord Jesus, that we would all be drawn closer to you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Okay, so the series is called A Walk With Jesus. And, and kind of where this idea came from. Um, I was recently at a funeral. And ever, anybody ever been to... Um, a good funeral yeah this was a good funeral because um, we got to celebrate the life of somebody that meant a lot to a lot of us and it was my uncle my uncle's name was Detlef and when we were at the funeral we were having conversations about um, we were talking about different things that we remembered about him and there was a lot of tears and there was a lot of laughter because he was a character. And he was definitely a unique individual. And I love that about my Uncle Detlef. But one of the things that I was remembering as we were remembering my uncle was something about him is that he used to wear a very particular type of either aftershave or cologne. Anybody know what I'm talking about, the aftershave cologne thing? And so he wore this really particular aftershave or cologne. And I remember that when I would leave a, a, a place where he was at, typically like, he was a truck driver. And I remember he used to take me on truck rides up from Chilliwack to Vernon where he lived. And we I get to ride in the big cab. I was the guy in the big cab waving at everybody, and it was pretty awesome. And I remember I'd get out of the truck as a little kid, and I remember I would smell my clothes, and they would smell like my Uncle Detlef. Like I would carry the scent of Uncle Detlef everywhere I go. And if you asked me, do you know Detlef Reinhardt, I would say, smell this. I wouldn't actually say that, but I could have said that. I could have said that because there was a peculiar, a particular scent about him that I carried with me everywhere I went. And so as I was thinking about this, I thought to myself, what if I could know Jesus so well that I would carry the fragrance of him everywhere that I go? Church, if our purpose is to care for and bring people to Jesus, then our pursuit ought to be to know him in a greater way. Amen? It starts with him, and it ends with him. That I may know him. And so the series that we're about to embark on is we're going to go through some stories about Jesus And we're going to tell you about some of the ways that he impacted people in these various ways. And then we're going to bring it back home to us today. And so today, we're going to start with a story. But before we do that, also, I wanted to mention this. We're going to be focusing this morning on the fragrance of Jesus. I didn't label my message up front because I just thought it looked funky to say fragrance of Jesus if you didn't know the context. So that's what it is it's the fragrance of Jesus. And, um, and, you know, obviously when we talk about fragrance, I know that there's different memories that are even around it for some of you. Like right now, if we did this exercise, if I said, close your eyes, and I said, your grandma is in the kitchen next to you, and she is cooking an apple pie with cinnamon, and the scent is starting to waft up throughout the house, can you smell it? And if I were to say you're standing next to a garbage dump and you're taking your dog out to go number two, can you smell it? Scents bring up emotions. They bring up memories. They bring up times. You can, you can remember things through scent. And in the story that we're about to read, I would argue that the scent that was surrounding this event would stay with the person involved in it for the rest of their lives. And the the story is in the book of Luke. If you have your Bible, we're going to read a lot of scripture here this morning. Don't worry, we won't be super long. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. And here's our story about Jesus today. That I may know him. Luke chapter 7, verse 36 to 50. Then one of the Pharisees asked him, being Jesus, to eat with them. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Somebody say fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this was who was touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 nairi and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Now, tell me, therefore, which one of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, well, I suppose the one who he forgave more. And he said, you have judged rightly. And then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman had anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little." Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Go in peace in peace okay let's color in this story let's let's give you a little bit of context to what's going on here with jesus and how he's interacting with this woman and i think if we're going to start with this i've 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 broken it down into kind of five is it five it might be even six five different topics subjects that we're going to talk about or maybe even four doesn't matter they're broken down okay the first one is this it starts with an invite the story begins with an invite Jesus is now at this point becoming a little bit of a local celebrity. A lot of people are aware of what he's doing. And so there's some cachet around the name of Jesus. But there's also some skepticism and some worry from certain people of power. And so the thought might have been, we should invite this man to our meal so that we can see what he's all about. We don't know for sure if that was the reason that the Pharisee invited him, but it is a possibility that many scholars agree could have been. And so the invite comes to Jesus to to, to dine with the Pharisees in a group of people at his home. This would have been a very prestigious invitation because of the place and position that the Pharisees held within that society. And so Jesus is invited to this meal. Is it a setup? Is it a trap? What is it all about? Well, we get a little bit of an insight into what it might have been all about in the way that they treated him when he arrived. Now, When I read, I was told it was customary that in those days, if you came to the home of somebody who was in a position like that, that you could expect that one of the first things that might have happened is one of the servants may have come with a basin of water so that you could wash your feet. You see, in those days, they didn't have shoes like we have today. In those days, their shoes were sandals or basically pieces of material on the bottom that were tied to the feet. And they would walk around the streets of the areas that they were in in these sandals. Now, also in those days, you can imagine they didn't have the sanitary systems that we have today. So we're not just talking about these really nice kind of, uh, you know, blase streets that you might see in some of the movies or the TV shows. Um, I'm telling you, there was donkeys, there was goats, there was cows, there was people, there was all sorts of things happening around there. You can imagine what kind of things they were stepping in when they were walking around. So their feet often were disgusting. So it was customary to provide a, a basin of water so that someone could wash their feet. And then also it was customary for uh, 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 somebody that was uh, the, 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 um, the, the, what's the word I'm looking for here, babe? The person who had invited them, the host, thank you. It was customary for the host to greet the guest with a kiss. This wasn't weird. This was normal in those days. Tanya, let me show you what I mean. Stand up. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) This was normal. It was a kiss on either cheek. It was very, very normal. In fact, it's still normal today in certain areas of the world. It was customary for the host to give a kiss on each cheek. And then also, it was customary at times for a servant to come and bring fragrant oil and, and, and put it on the person's head and anoint them so that they would smell good for the meal. But apparently, none of this was done for Jesus. And so he comes to the table, and maybe it was one of these things where you're invited, but we're not going to pay attention to you. I, I don't know. I'm just reading into this a little bit. But I do know this, that when they sat at the table, the table often was, was lower to the ground. And so when you sat, there was no chairs to pull up. So that what you would often do is you would recline with your feet behind you and your head facing the table, leaning on the ground as you're peering over your meal. And the meal commences. And it's into this atmosphered environment and tension that's happening in the room that suddenly something even more awkward happens. And this is what we call the anointing. You see, there's a woman in town who everybody knows. She's got a reputation, right? Everybody's seen this woman around the town, and they know what they call her even in the scriptures is a sinner. That's how they describe her. Can you imagine? You know, hey, I know that person over there. You know them, they're a sinner. That's who they are. Well, that's what they knew about this woman. She was known as a sinner. And so she comes into the room and walks in uninvited. This is not a place that culturally would have been acceptable for her to come to. But she comes in uninvited, unbidden. She just comes in by herself, unbidden, on on her own, on her own volition, walks into the room, carrying with her a bottle of perfume, an alabaster bottle of perfume. Now, these bottles, we're told from historians, did not have stoppers on them that you would normally see. But in order to access the, 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 the perfume that was within, they would need to break off a portion of this to be able to access it. What is she going to do with this perfume? So there's Jesus reclined at the table, feet behind him. And again, it's customary to anoint the head of a person when they come into the home. But the woman comes in, and she breaks. First of all, she comes down, and she starts to weep as she approaches Jesus. Everybody's like, what is going on? What is she doing here? How did did she get in the house? Who let her in? What's going on? And she weeps at the feet of Jesus, and she weeps so much As the tears begin to to, to well up in her eyes and and, and pour out of her, she, she weeps so much that she's realizing I'm making a mess here with his feet. And so then she undoes her hair, which in that culture was humiliation. It was not normal. It was not culturally acceptable for a woman to walk around with hair that was undone. And so she undoes her hair. And she begins to wash his feet with her hair. And then she takes this expensive bottle of perfume and she breaks it open. And the scent of it fills the home. And this thing, this precious, precious element, it might have been all the wealth that she had. She pours it out onto the feet of Jesus in front of everybody. Gasp. The entire group is sitting there in horror and shock at what is going on. Oh, it's a beautiful moment to us because we love Jesus. but But not necessarily to these people. And so then we have the response. And the Pharisee is repulsed. He thinks to himself pridefully, if Jesus was really a prophet, see, I knew it. I knew he wasn't a prophet. I knew it. That's what I wanted to see. Because if he was really a prophet, he'd know this woman. He would know that she is a sinner and she should not be touching him. Now at this point, culturally and in society, this story should have been a disaster. It should have been a traumatic moment for this woman that would mark her life forever. And whenever she smelt that smell... She should have been reminded of it, but Jesus. Jesus has an insight, and he looks at Simon, the Pharisee, and he says, Simon, I have something to say. Well, say it. He says this. He tells a story about the impact of forgiveness. He says, listen, there's one person that's forgiven. Let's just use our terms today, a million dollars. And one person that's forgiven a hundred dollars, which one's going to be more excited if they're forgiven that amount of money? And everybody knows right now, a million dollars. And then he says this: "Do you see this woman? Do you see this woman?" And there she sits, a weeping mess. Her hair disheveled, filled with mud and refuse. The scent of this perfume filling the home. A broken sinner. I have to read it from the scripture. And then he turned to the woman and said, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. She washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven and those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves who is this who even forgives sins so he said to the woman your faith has saved you go in peace and now for the rest of her life whenever the woman smells the smell of that perfume she will be reminded that she gave the most precious gift and she received the most precious gift that anyone could ever receive for she had been forgiven and in a moment she had been restored could it be that a heart poured out to Jesus is like a sweet smelling reminder of his power and his forgiveness I would tell you today that a life offered to God is a sweet-smelling aroma to heaven. This is the day that Jesus gave her a new start. But what can we learn from this today for us? The Bible tells us that the prayers of the saints are like incense. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. That the very prayers as we cry out to God that they arise up to heaven like sweet-smelling incense before his throne that when you open up your life and you give it to Him and you declare that He is Lord and you declare that that everything that you have belongs to Him and you pour it out before Him, it is like sweet-smelling incense before the throne of God. The scent of a follower of Jesus is the scent of one who has recognized their need of Him, pouring out their everything to Him, leaving nothing back and has received His forgiveness. And for the woman, the scent of that perfume would re- forever remind her of her restoration and her hope in Jesus. It's interesting, I was reading about fragrance in the Bible. I was trying to do a little bit of research and digging into this idea of a smell that, that would remind you of something. And, and in 2 Corinthians, Paul, the apostle, says this in 2.14. He says, "'Now thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ,' Through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to be the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, we are aroma of death. And to the other, we are an aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? Church, do you realize that we as the body of Christ carry a fragrance into the world around us? Now, imagine for a moment that we were a people that were so close to Jesus, that were rubbing up against him, that were so close to him that when we walked, people would say, What is that smell? What is that thing that is different about you? And we could say, We have been with Jesus, we have been with him. So now what is our response to this message today? How do we, you know, apply this to our lives? How do we get back to some practicality here out of the story? And and obviously we understand the power of that story. Um, And so the question today is, what do we do about this? And so in response, I want to highlight a few things about this anointing. And then I want to challenge you today. Number one, the anointing was costly. It was financially costly. Morris, um, a a Bible commentary on the alabaster flask said, It had no handles and was furnished with a long neck, which was broken off when the contents were needed. We may fairly deduce that this perfume was costly. The flask had to be broken before the scent was released. Everything was poured out on the feet of Jesus. Also, not only was it financially costly, but it was also emotionally costly. Costly. And here's what it was. Letting down her hair was a cultural no no. It was considered immodest and would have been humiliating. Not to mention that she was using her hair to wash his feet. It was absolute and complete and utter humiliation everything that she had, her dignity, her personhood, everything that she held on to at that moment, she was laying down at the feet of Jesus. So my first question for you is this. When was the last time you poured out your heart to Jesus? When was the last time that you allowed him to go to those deep places in you? that you allowed him to move in the places that were broken or hurting? When was the last time that you allowed him to move in your life? When was the last time that you invited him in to a moment where you were overwhelmed and undone? He's not looking per- for perfection. If he was, he would have sided with the Pharisees. But what he's looking for is surrender. Is surrender. He's the Savior. We are not. And now here's the other question I have for you today. When was the last time you offered Jesus costly worship? Oh, it wasn't easy. But I poured out my heart to the Lord. You see, what we've just seen here, church, is a vivid picture of worship. She was broken, but he was worthy. She chose to give the best that she had to the one who was worthy. Psalm 34, verse 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, verse 30. Then Jesus said, Come to me, All you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. Every moment, that that woman smelled that fragrance, she would be reminded of that moment when Jesus set her free, when Jesus delivered her and gave her a new life and restored her back to health. And She could look back on that moment and remember that moment. But today, church, I ask you, what is that moment for you? Maybe that moment is today. Maybe the moment is today. Life Church. it is our desire that we would know him. That we would know him so that we could make him known. So today, as we close, <coughs> I want to give you an opportunity to offer Jesus costly worship. And I'd like to invite Tanya to come on up. And here's what I mean by this, okay? We, we've gone pretty deep today. Here's what I mean by this. Just simply do something maybe that you've not done for a while. Maybe you've never lifted your hands, and that's costly for you today. Lift your hands. Maybe you're, Maybe you, you, the Lord is speaking to you right now, and you're just going to sit, and, and that's okay. You, you can sit in the presence of God. Maybe you're just feeling the Holy Spirit is, is guiding your heart to kneel. That, that's okay. You can kneel before the Lord. But whatever it is that God is putting on your heart to do today, offer it to him Now maybe you're carrying something into this place today Maybe like this woman there's a reputation and the enemy has given it to you and he said you are this and so you're you are that and that's all you're ever going to be Lay that at the feet of Jesus Maybe you're carrying a weight of pain or unforgiveness into this place today Lay that at the feet of Jesus. How do we do that? We give him our best. And we give him our everything. Because he is worthy. He is kind. He is good. And he is your defender. He's not your accuser. Amen? He is your defender. He is not your accuser. The accuser is the enemy. The defender is Jesus. So let's respond, church. If you need to stand, stand right now. If you need to kneel and kneel right now. If you need to stay where you are, you stay right where you are right now. Maybe you're all going to stay there and stare at me. I don't know. But let's respond. Let's respond to the Lord.
1: And let's sing the song. Is your name Jesus? your name. Jesus, you deserve praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. mercy, our God forevermore. You are greater, Lord Jesus. You are greater, yes, you are, Lord God. Oh, our holy Savior, our King of kings, our Lord and maker. You are all that we need, Lord Jesus. All that we need. So I pour out my Praise. Worthy is you. You're worthy, yes, you are. I pour it out to you, Lord Jesus. All that I have, all that I'm holding on to. Oh God, you're my defender. You're my gracious God. You're the friend of sinners. Oh, you're my righteousness, Lord. I pour it out before you. All my feelings, all my worries, all my cares. Lord Jesus, everything I'm holding on to. Oh, God, because you are here. Because you are here. Because you are here. Lord, I come down to where your feet are. I lay it at your feet, Jesus. Oh, God, all my weariness, all my concerns. Oh, Jesus, I lay it before you. And I declare that you are gracious, because I know that you are kind, because I've seen you working through me. Oh, God, even when I didn't deserve it, God, you working through me, and I've seen you moving mountains, and I know that you're inclined, God, that you can do anything you want to, anything you want to. So here am I.
0: our god all of us the beautiful parts the ugly parts we pour it out before you god we recognize that you are the friend of sinners jesus you are the friend of sinners you are our righteousness and peace you are our delight god you are our hope of glory you are all that we need And so today, Lord God, we pray that we may know you and that our hearts would be turned to you in a new way. Oh God, those uh, complicated parts of us, Lord Jesus, come. Come. Have your way. Those parts that we hold so tightly to. I don't know, maybe that woman was holding on to that perfume for her retirement. Maybe that was all that she had. But there was something greater. So I give it to you, Lord Jesus. All that I hold on to, I give it to you. And I submit to your will. And I say, God, do what you want to do. Here I am.
1: Send me. Jesus. 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 Jesus.
0: So, Father, we pray, God, as we brush up close to you today, Lord Jesus, that we would leave this place carrying your anointing. We pray, Lord God, that it would not be uh, just simply a scent, Lord God, but it would be a life change. It would be a heart set towards you. And, Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would help us to walk it out and live it out, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that you would, God, give us the strength, Lord Jesus, to pursue you throughout the week. To look for you in our lives, Lord Jesus, and to include you. Give us the strength to lay down our burdens throughout the week to you, Lord Jesus. For we know that you never leave us nor forsake us. And we pray, Lord God, that at Life Church we would be people who know you so that we could care for others and lead them to you as well. We ask this now in Jesus' mighty, mighty name.
1: Amen.